Hello, everybody. This is Jason from the Jason and Cole, a father-son thing podcast. Hey, if you're like me and Cole, when we're getting started with the podcast, we had a lot of questions like, how do you even record a podcast? And how do you get it published to different sites that people go to listen to podcasts like Spotify, Apple, and Google Play? Well, it's very simple. The answer to all of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and very easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors, too, so you can get paid to podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and making money, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. I can't wait to hear your podcast. So get started. Now back to the show. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Jason and Cole Father Son Thing podcast. I'm your host Jason. I'm here with Cole. What's up? And we are back at it and we are talking New York Mets baseball. Yes, it's we been are. a little while since we recorded. So in that time, a lot of interesting things have happened. We'll try to get you up to date on everything. We got to go to Miami to see a Mets game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good experience, so we'll let Cole talk about that a little bit. And uh, the Mets aren't playing the greatest of baseball. but It's fine, though. They'll be okay. Um, a lot to talk about, so let's go ahead and dive right into it. And uh, let's, let's uh, talk about one of the cool things that happened since our last podcast, which was... Uh, Early May, right, it was when Dominic Smith wasn't with the Mets anymore, and now Dominic Smith is with the Mets again, and mm-hmm. he's contributing in a big way, and we are both excited about him with the big league team. We're both Dom Smith fans. But one of the things that happened was we hit a 1,000 downloads. Yes, we did, and I'm very happy about that. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it so much. So one of the things that I wanted to discuss with you, Cole, on that 1,000 download thing is one of our fans, mm-hmm. okay, uh, Mr. Josh, he has been listening to our podcast. He actually messaged me on Instagram when I posted the 1,000 download and said, you know, you guys take the month off. And he's told me how he's starting to follow the Mets now because of our podcast and He's probably the only person that I know of that has listened to every episode of our podcast. Okay. Really? Now, a thousand downloads, you know, to some people they're like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. A thousand downloads. Well, how many, how many downloads is your podcast at? Is what I would ask you if that's what you have to say. But a thousand downloads, mm-hmm. a thousand listens. Now, that could be. Let me just break it down for you. I know one person, Mr. Josh, who's listened to every episode. I know Momo's listened to a few. I know Mom's listened to a few. I know Mr. Tony's probably listened to a few, right? Mm -hmm. Pop-Pop's probably listened to a few. Outside of that, I don't know anybody else necessarily listening. I know um, Mr. Gavin has listened to a few. I know Mr. Caleb has listened to a few, all right? So my point is, out of family and friends, I can only say one person I think has listened to all of them, and a couple of people have listened to multiple, mm-hmm. but let's say there was 10 people that listened to 10 episodes. That's only 100 
plays, right? Mm -hmm. So that means 900 other times people out there are listening to your um, podcast and expecting content to be put out. All right. So when Mr. Josh said, did you take the whole month off? My response to him was no. Honestly, I just let Cole record when Cole's ready to record. And see, the thing that you got to understand moving forward, okay, we do this to spend time together and have fun talking Mets baseball. Mm -hmm. But once you start getting to where people are tuning in, then you kind of owe them something of putting together a good show and putting the content out. It doesn't have to be every week, all right? But should at least every two weeks be putting out something because obviously there's some people out there you know, you know from our Facebook page and stuff that there's people out there that like the page and like the show and we have no idea who they are. You know, interact with some people on Twitter. So those people are, are checking it out, you know, from time to time. And those are the, that's what we want. But if you go a month without doing a podcast and they go looking for it and they haven't posted nothing in a month, they probably quit. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's important that we, to get it out, great job, high five, thousand downloads, mm -hmm. okay? We kind of, it was one of the things... After we posted the last episode, we were 18 away from a thousand, mm -hmm. and it took it took a while. But over that month, people went and listened to the last episode, no dom, and then some people went and listened to past episodes. So the thing about it is, across the world, and I've showed you the stats and the analytics on uh, the anchor page, and there's people listening in Spain, there's people listening in England. You know, we owe it to those people that are out there listening that we have no idea who they are to give them a good show and to, and be informative and make it fun. So that way, when they're laying in their pool or doing whatever they do, listening to podcasts, they're enjoying our show. Just like while you were working on the flower bed, I was doing what in the pool? Listening to a podcast. Listening to a podcast, right? So that's what people do. Times have mm -hmm. changed. Okay. So I think... I'm not going to push you to record, mm -hmm. but I want you to keep that in mind because people are kind of like, oh, they put out an episode yet. You know, it's hard it, when you're recording in a pool and we have, you know, plans on doing things bigger and all, but we're just taking it slow and having fun with it. But there comes a time where it's like, okay, there's people actually listening, you know? So we owe it to them to, to put it together. Good show. So what are we going to talk about first? We want to talk about Miami. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about Miami. Okay. All right. So, Cole went on his uh, first game of the season. Mm -hmm. It wasn't his first Mets game, but Cole, Cole is how old now? 11. 11 years old. And Cole had probably the best day an 11-year-old could have at the ballpark, mm -hmm. minus the Mets loss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got one hit. That <laughs> we night. got one hit. We were at the Saturday game in Miami. Uh, Jeff McNeil opened the game with a base hit. With a double down the line. And, and that was our only hit of the game. That was the only hit of the game. So let's go uh, beforehand um, going into the, the game and, and getting to Miami. We went to the hotel. We checked in the hotel. We caught an Uber down to the stadium. We got there extremely early. And... There were some batting cages there, and it wasn't a lot of people around. And Cole got to go in the batting cage and hit with a bunch of Marlins fans, and he had all his Mets gear on, and he held his own in the batting cage. So big props to Cole on that. Yep. Um, I got some video of that, so maybe I'll post it to the Facebook page. But um, so, you, did you have fun doing that? Yes, I did. So, what was the best part about um, 
the experience of going down to Miami. First of all, tell everybody who may have not been to Miami, what do you think of the stadium? It was really nice, actually. I'm sad that they took out the uh, home run sculpture there because I wanted to get a picture by it, but it was fine. It's still a really nice stadium. So, uh, how about the food? The food was really good. We had pizza. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> ice cream. Even though the food was good, the game wasn't. The game wasn't. But why I said Cole had one of the best experiences that you could have as an 11-year-old <laughs> is before the game, we got there. They opened the gates two and a half hours early. So, of course, we went in and went to our seats. And we had good seats. Mm -hmm. um, right, Almost right by the dugout. We were like a um, we were eight. section up. One section up from the dugout where the walkway is, but I think it was only like eight rows from the dugout. So really good seats behind first base dugout. It was really good. It was a really good view too. Good view. We got to go down, and me and my sister went and sat in the seats, and Cole and his sister um, went down and tried to get some autographs to tell the fans of how that experience was. So I actually got an autograph from J.D. Davis and Todd Frazier. And I was really happy about that. I also got to take a picture with Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier took a selfie with Cole, so he was excited about that. Now, we um, we talked about meeting Keon Broxton the last episode, and right, I mean, was it, it was, on the way was, to the game? Yeah, I think so. It either, was either that night before or on the way to the game. Keon Broxton is, got sent down. I think he was sent down, and I think they... Did they trade him? Yeah, they traded him for, I think, 100000 I don't remember. But he, we traded him to the Orioles. So, Keon Broxton was gone. So, we lost out on the opportunity to meet Keon Broxton. But we wish him, we wish him well. Mm -hmm. But um, we got to meet, uh, like I said, J.D. Davis and Todd Frazier. Well, I didn't really get to talk to J.D. Davis. He was, like, he was in the dugout, and people were just pushing their stuff over to the top of the dugout, and he was just grabbing it and signing it. <laughs> Now, if you go to our Facebook page, the Jason and Cole Father Son Thing podcast, you'll see pictures of uh, the the day there in Miami. One of the pictures that stood out to me, and when I tell you what it is, you'll understand the backstory of the picture. But it was the greatest moment ever. There's a picture of Cole standing at the corner of the fence where he was posted up trying to get autographs, and you could see him looking back towards the Mets dugout, and he has this look on his face of disgust. Okay, well, Cole and his sister were in line for a picture or, or autograph with Familia. And as they got down, maybe two or three people away, Familia decided it was time to go in. And everybody kind of disbanded there. And Cole was just standing there, mean mugging the dugout. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what were you thinking at that, at that time? I was like, really? I was like, right there. And you had to leave? <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, did you get a ball? Yes, I did. I got one ball. It was, I think it was Pete Alonzo who hit the ball, and it came right back to a security guard who was right in front of me, and then I said, Sir, can I have that? And then he just threw it to me, and I didn't catch it for it. So, overall, good experience? Mm-hmm. Would you like to go back to Miami maybe next year or something? Yes. Or Tampa, maybe when well, next season. If they play Tampa, for sure, we'll go see Tampa. And, but I don't see why we can't make a trip to Miami at least once a year to go see a game. It was a good time. Mm -hmm. um, that was my first time in Miami ever. So, how about how the Mets are playing now? They're, we're doing pretty good this year. Um, we're 30-32 and 32 right now, two games below 500. If we play better baseball, then I'm sure that we can make it over 500 by the end of the season. 
but so far we're doing okay, I guess. I think it really comes down to fans need to support the team. And I know that, you know, they, people are going to say, oh, we do support the team. But, golly, it's just ownership has come out and said they, they support Mickey Calloway, right? Mm-hmm. We're watching the game the other day, and Mickey Calloway takes out Rosario. Oh, that was yesterday. Yeah, he takes out Rosario, pinch hits Rosario, uh, McNeil for Rosario. Right. Which didn't make sense because well, he had a home run. He had a home that run that day and okay. the day after okay. that. Okay. All right. So my initial reaction was, and the heck are you pinching, you know? But McNeil comes up, looks bad on two pitches, and then fights off another pitch and hits a blooper in the left field and gets the game time RBI. RBI. Then comes up later in the game and gets another RBI. Mm-hmm. So. But Todd Frazier had the um, go-ahead home yeah. run. That but, day. you know, and then Conforto stole the base early in that inning, um, which was a great great time to run. Uh, apparently they called that from the dugout. One of the assistant coaches noticed something. So I guess my point is when it first happened, I was like, what, what are we doing? Why is he doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say that it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Man, Mets fans would have been all over Mickey Calloway. What a dumb decision. He needs to be fired. <laughs> right? Yeah. But then in the post-game press conference, he doesn't get credit for it. Now he's got to justify why he made that decision to all the fans and the media. Mm-hmm. You know? And then his justification was great to me. You know, he's like, look, I, I needed to hit. I needed to hit in that situation. There's nobody better probably in baseball to go up and give you an opportunity to get a hit than Jeff, than Jeff McNeil. McNeil, right? Maybe like Cody Bellinger or someone like that. You but. can second guess a manager all day long. But it's not okay to me if he makes the right call that you don't give him the credit. You know, it's too, it's too often that everybody wants to just find blame, find blame, find negativity, negativity. Look, is he the greatest manager in the world? Nope. No. Okay. Do I think he's going to be the manager of the Mets next year? No. no. But guess what? He's the manager of the Mets now. You need to support him. And, it, you know, it's okay to call out when things go wrong. But when things go right, and he makes a right decision. And, and even if it didn't go right, you can't argue with the fact that he wanted Jeff McNeil up instead of Rosario in that situation. He's the best singles hitter. I mean, listen, Rosario may have come up and hit a home run. We don't know. Right? But... He's the manager, and he, in his post-game press conference, having to answer questions, he answered them pretty intelligently and had a good answer for everything that he did in that game. And listen, you know, he took uh, Noah out early. He come out and said, yeah, I wish I had that back. Like, if you admit when you make a mistake, that's fine. That's part of growth. That's part of becoming a better manager. And 10 years from now, he may be one of the best managers in baseball, okay? Mm -hmm. But... It's a lot of uh, learning and growing to do, and he's our manager right now. So mm-hmm. that's all that matters right now. You know, it is what it is. So you got to see Cano play in person. Yeah. And as an 11 year old, I want to hear what your feeling is on Robinson Cano, because you got to see him two days in a row, not Friday night and Saturday, not run out a ground ball to first. Mm-hmm. So tell all the listeners what you think as an 11 year old watching a professional baseball player. Not run out of uh, 
He needs to have more hustle. Every like the game he came back, he got hurt. He wasn't hustling down the first baseline, and he he just has to have more hustle, in my opinion. I agree. Um, you know, there's no excuse for not hustling. There's no excuse for I'm um, saving myself. It's a 162 game season. No, you got it right. There's no excuse. I thought it was a foul ball or what. I thought it was too strong. What a shush. You make contact with the ball you run. I mean, it's even even yesterday. Who was up? Somebody was up. Oh, um, here's a good good example. I'm gonna give you. Mm-hmm. Yesterday's game, Carlos Gomez comes up. Now in that same situation where he put McNeil in, before that he sent up Gomez to bunt instead of a pitcher, which was a questionable call as well using a field player. But Mickey Calloway's thing was, look, I'm going to ask a guy who does that to go do that. And then if he gets two strikes on him, at least he can go up there and maybe hit a, a double or something like that where a pitcher really doesn't have a chance, right? Mm-hmm. So good answer. But if you go back and watch that replay of Gomez bunt, if Gomez would have been hustling out of the box from the time the ball hit the bat, he'd have been safe. So I don't know if you noticed that. And, and those of you out there that are listening, go back and watch it. Um, he watched the ball. Well, what are you watching the ball for? First of all, you popped up a bunt. So I, you did do a good job, right? So if anything, you should be hustling out of the box. It ended up falling and becoming a, a great bunt. But if you would have hustled out of the box, you'd have been safe. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he waited a second and a half before he even left the batter's box. <laughs> and then he almost beat it out. So if you're hustling, hustle, hustle, hustle. Rosario won a game for, on hustling. So, yeah, I remember that. So you got to hustle, and that's part of, you know, you're going to go back and play baseball. If, if you do nothing else, you hustle. Hustling, you don't have to have talent to hustle. You know, that, everybody has that ability. You, know, so, you might not be the fastest player, but you have to hustle. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Hustle, that's it. Give, your, give everything. So some things happened in, in the MLB. So some signings. You want to tell everybody what happened over? Craig Kimbrell. Signed a three-year, forty-three million-dollar contract with the Chicago Cubs. And uh, Kiko signed too, right? Yeah, Kiko signed with the Braves last night. One million, I mean, one year, thirteen million. So there was a stat that I found that I sent you. Um, yes. On this is very interesting. You know, we were big signed Kiko people, mm-hmm. but and we're big. We don't like Jason Vargas people. Can tell the the stat to the listeners. So the stats are. Vargas, First of all, give the credit to the person on Twitter, the fan on Twitter. Shannon. Shannon tweeted on Twitter. Shannon's a Mets fan, on mm-hmm. Twitter. She posted this. So I got a notification of it. Jason Vargas has thirty nine innings pitched, eight errors, thirty four strikeouts, and a one point eight five ERA. In his last seven starts, Kiko in his last seven starts has thirty seven innings pitched. 19 errors, 28 strikeouts, and a 4.62 ERA. Who would you want on your team? <laughs> Vargas. That's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, a lot of things can happen in a baseball season. That's why you can't can't get too high or can't get too low. You kind of have to just ride it out. You know, stay in contention as long as you possibly can and try to make a late season push for it. Mm-hmm. That's all you can really ask for, you know. 
I said earlier in earlier episodes, just make it entertaining. Not all the games have been entertaining. We've had some slides and some slumps and you know what? But you look around baseball and other teams are having the same problems. Mm -hmm. So it, it is what it is. But I, I thought that was a very interesting stat. When uh, you look at it, you go, why would you want Kegel when you have Vargas? And I can't even believe I'm saying that we have Vargas and I'm happy about that. But whatever. It is we, what it is. We definitely underestimated Jason Vargas. So what do you take out of the NLE so far this part of the season? Like, who's your front runner right now? Right now, I honestly think that it's going to be the Atlanta Braves, not the Phillies. The Atlanta Braves? Yeah, because even though they're two games back right now, they still have a way better team than the Phillies. All they really have is Reese Hoskins, Andrew McCutcheon, and Adubel Herrera went out. Um, so they have Jay Bruce, who's okay. Oh, they just signed Jay Bruce, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he... Jay Bruce, really, Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper is okay. Aaron Nola, their ace, is okay. So, really, I think the Braves have a better chance of taking the NL East. The Braves, they're, they got some young talent. Mm -hmm. And that, that's one thing, you know, especially when we go on West Coast trips sometimes. I look at some of these other teams we play, and we play American League. Like when we played the Twins. Jeez, these guys are good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we get so stuck on our guys, you know, and, like, how good our guys are. And then you look at a team like the Braves and what's his name, Acuna? Acuna. Ronald Acuna, Acuna Jr. I mean, they got some talent, you know, but the Mets are okay. You know, it, listen, our pitching hasn't lived up to what we hoped it would be. Uh -huh. And if we can turn that around, I think the hitting will eventually come around. You know, we got some bright. I mean, look, you got McNeil, you got Conforto, you got Alonzo. Alonzo that are doing big things, having good years. Rosario's starting to hit home runs. You know, Ramos is starting to hit the ball again in the opposite field. Like things have clicked. Uh, Echeverria, whatever his name is. Like, yeah, Danny Cano will be out for a while. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. You can play McNeil at second. So, uh, you know. Dom is playing a little outfield now, like we called for. I did. I did not know that he could yeah, play I told outfield. You. you just got to catch the ball. Like it's not that hard. It's <laughs> flying in the air. Go catch it. All right. But we need his bat in the lineup. So he had a home run yesterday. We could be very negative if we wanted to be, but that's no fun. You know, we want to be positive and try to look at the bright side of things. So I think we'll uh, we'll be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll see. We'll kind of reevaluate it at the All-Star break. You know, one of the things, if we're not going to contend this year, we could be sellers mm -hmm. and, and trade some people and, and get some, uh, you know, prospects. Now, we just had a draft. Mm -hmm. And from what I see on the draft side of it is the third baseman that they drafted is really good. Brett Batty. One of the best hitters in the draft. And then... I guess we got a pitcher in the third round. Mm -hmm. He he was uh, um, one of the top 17 prospects. Yeah, he was uh, from, I think, Seminole High School here in Florida. and His last name is Allen. I guess he fell to the third round because apparently it's going to be hard to sign him. It's going to take some money to sign him. Mm -hmm. But I guess the Mets are willing to do that. And if they, if they can sign him, uh, hey, sign mm -hmm. him. And he's already throwing 97 miles an hour at a high school. Got great upside, one of the best players. It's like getting two first rounders, you know, in the first three rounds. So that, you know, that would be a good draft if they can sign him. And I have to feel for the Mets to 
to spend a draft pick on a player that possibly is going to be tough to sign, they must feel pretty good about their chances of signing them. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that plays out and report to the fans on that. Um, so we're going to start a new segment on the, the podcast, um, Trivia with Cole. Yes. So Cole is just determined to ask me a few questions and me to ask him a few questions to see if I can stump him. I told him I ain't good at this trivia. I only really follow the Mets, but he's he wants to ask me any kind of questions. Okay, so. so there's two questions. One was from last year, and it's not a Mets question. And the other one from, was from this year. It is a Mets question. So the first one is, who was the NL MVP last season? NL MVP last season. Man. The NL MVP from last season. All right. Can I get a hint? He was on the Brewers. Oh, well, then it would be, um, I want to say Yelich. Is that right? Yeah, that's oh. right. Christian Yelich. You didn't have to give me the exact team. You oh. could have said division, maybe. Oh, well, he's in the NL. Listen, I don't, <laughs> listen I'm surprised I got that right. Okay, I think you're going to get this one right. Who hit their 2,500 hit of their career on the Mets this year? Who hit their, say it again? Who hit their 2,500 hit of their career on the Mets this year? Cano. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So, so, Cole was, okay, when we when Cole brought this segment to me, he was determined to ask me questions. Or no, he was determined for me to ask him questions. And I told him he should probably ask me questions because when Cole asks the questions, he, he has the knowledge in his head. So... A lot of times I'm just taking him that he's right. I don't even like research it. So if he's telling me the wrong answers, you guys please feel free to let me know. But I know uh, that's right. all right. Well, he wants me to ask him a few questions, and I'm gonna ask you a couple questions, and I don't know that I know the answer to these questions, and I don't want to <laughs> look them up. So I'm gonna ask you, and you can just tell the fans um, what. What do you think the answer is? And we'll see see how good you are. All right? So tell me right now the top three home run hitters in the American League and National League and how many they have. Christian, This is the NL. Christian Yelich with 23. Pete Alonso with 20. Pete Alonso is in second? Yeah. He's tied for second. Cody Bellinger with 20. Those are the top three. The American League. Gary Sanchez with 19. Oh, dang it. That's all I can think of. I I want to say George Springer, but I feel like he's too low. Because he has 17, but I feel like he's So low. Pete Alonso has more home runs than anybody in the American League? Yeah, I think. Really? I think so. All right, folks. I don't know if he's telling me the truth or not. Sounds right. I mean, sounds like he knows what he's saying. All right. Tell me who who leads both leagues in RBIs. Josh Bell. How many has he got? 54. 54 RBIs already? Who the hell does he play for? Sorry. Who does he play for? Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> Good God. 54 RBIs and ain't even the All-Star break? All right. Um, who's got the best ERA in each league? Ooh, I want to say it's 
I don't I don't keep up with ERA, but I want to say it's Herman Marquez because he has nine wins already. So I'm gonna go with Herman Marquez from the. All right, we'll have to look that Yankees. one up. And last question I have for you: Who? Nope. Who is leading the batting title in each division or each league? Like average wise, average wise. Cody Bellinger with 370. He's hitting 370. Jeez, is McNeil second? No, he's third. Third? Who's hitting? But uh, who? <laughs> I forgot. You forget who's second? Hold on. Let me no, see. don't look it up. Dang it. Um. So there's somebody second, and then McNeil. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think that the guy in second is in the National League. Who's um American League? Oh, I can't think. Um, All right. So I stumped I just you. looked at I it. stumped you a little bit. I stumped you a little bit. But I, good job. I just saw that. That's impressive. You're looking at your stats and keeping up with stuff. So who do we play coming up today? The Colorado Rockies. Colorado Rockies. And then... Oh, wait. My bad. Josh Bell has 56 RBIs. 56. And the person in second place. Oh, um, the American League leader in average is actually the rookie from the Rays, Austin Meadows. Yeah. The Rays always got somebody good, don't they? <laughs> good gosh, the Rays. Well, we should be Rays fans, too. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of are, I guess, but we don't follow them. Anyway. All right. Well, we're 28 minutes into this podcast. Anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here? Um, Actually, let's... Let's go over some of the stats that we didn't go over, like the top three in some of the stats. Right. Okay, in stolen bases, Adalberto Mondesi with 22. In second, Malik Smith with 16. And three, Tim Anderson with 15. Okay. In runs, we had Trevor Story, who's on the Rockies, in first. Cody Bellinger and Xander Bogarts. On base percentage, Mike Trout, Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelich. Hits, Nolan Arenado with 82, mm. Cody Bellinger with 81, and Josh Bell with 79. So you like keeping up with all those stats, huh? Mm-hmm. Like Strikeouts. That. We have Mitch Hanniger with 81, Bryce Harper yes, with 80, and Javier Baez with 3. Uh, I mean, you, not 3. What is your prediction on Mets making the All-Star team? Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, um... Maybe Edwin Diaz. Um, probably not the Grom or Syndergaard. They're having okay seasons, but I don't think they're going to make it. I would agree. Um, Diaz has a possibility to get in there. But um, what a freaking season, man, Alonzo's having. Mm-hmm. It's special. I'm bad. Okay, yeah, I was right with the Gary Sanchez home run thing. He has 19. All right. Well, this is Jason and Cole, Father Son Thing Podcast. Again, if uh, if Cole is telling me anything that is not factual, please let us know. Yes. So yes. I can set them straight. Send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. Or Instagram. Or just search the hashtag Jason and Cole, Jason and Cole Pod, Jason and Cole Father Son Thing. Should be able to find us that way. Um, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Peace. Let's go Mets. See you next time.